The retail landscape is changing rapidly alongside both global shifts and local pressures. As we know, the pandemic prompted more businesses to blur the lines between digital and physical experiences. And in many cases, this has helped improve business resilience. Adyen's recent research found that 74% of businesses that connect their sales channels expect to grow by more than 20% this year. That said, businesses now face new pressures. The cost of living crisis and rise of interest rates, coupled with the social and political upheavals of the past few years, have left many customers questioning the impact of the money they spend. For many, their money needs to go further. But they also want their purchases to reflect their values around human rights and environmental concerns. As we look to a future full of uncertainty, long-term sustainable loyalty is key. But how can you secure it? One of the things I've really noticed is loyalty is harder to come by. Loyalty is really harder to come by now. And the people that are loyal, they're not necessarily the people that are buying from you over and over again. They're people that maybe like believe in your brand and believe in what you stand for. This is Beyond Retail, the show that helps businesses make sense of the emerging trends and technological developments within the ever-changing world of retail and hospitality. I'm your host, Marie Keyworth, and in this season, we'll be exploring the shape of retail ambition and looking at how the lessons learned over the last two years are evolving the industry. In this episode, we'll be exploring how businesses can prove that they're worthy of long-term loyalty in our current economic and social climate. With shops closed and stay-at-home policies in place, consumers were forced to focus their purchasing activity online. And while some retailers scrambled to get satisfactory e-commerce channels up and running, those that approached this task with care and future-proofed their solutions by breaking down silos and unifying all their channels saw greater success. But customers want more than just the ability to shop in-store or online. A brand that shares the same values as its customers in terms of social and environmental impact can have a unique appeal. Loyalty programs are another way that brands can attract and retain customers for the long haul. But how important are corporate values and loyalty programs to consumers? Stuff like a free coffee at the end of it, I think that definitely brings you in. Uh, it's all about the marketing, isn't it, at the end of the day? So if they can offer something more competitive than somewhere else, then... I suppose I would more likely to go somewhere that if they were donating to charity. When shopping small, it's like knowing the person behind it. So I know like quite a lot of people that have small businesses. And then because I know them, I want them to succeed a bit more. Whether in-store or online, consumers' expectations are shifting quickly, along with our rapidly changing world. Adyen's latest retail report revealed that 61% of consumers globally believe that if retailers can sell across multiple channels during the pandemic, for example in-store, on their website or through social media, they should adopt the same flexible approach normally. For Ellie Jags, account manager at Adyen UK, the pandemic was an opportunity for stores to update their ways of doing business for the 21st century. So what does that mean for in-store shopping experiences? And how can long-term loyalty be built across multiple channels? I think for a lot of shoppers, their loyalty to brands depends on the experiences that they've been having in store, even just from other channels as well. So myself, I, I will probably look for another merchant if I can't use 
a wallet. I can't use Apple Pay on a device. I will look elsewhere where I can have that ease and convenience because it's how I want to shop. And the world we're in right now, there's been a mentality of the customer is always right for a really long time. And I think now it's even more important because there are more options to shoppers. So you can go elsewhere and get the exact same product with an easier journey. And, and that's definitely where the demand is right now for a lot of a lot of shoppers. What I'm seeing in a lot of stores at the moment are really cool uses of self-service. I've seen it via kiosks and unattended terminals, all the way to apps that allow shoppers to scan barcodes and, and check out on their phones, even up to RFID technology that will identify products in a basket, which remove the need to scan completely. It's using the space in a smart way where shoppers can be independent, but also look to to get that advice and get that knowledge from from the in-store staff. Uh, so it's using yeah, using the space intelligently to give shoppers exactly what they need from their experience. Across that customer journey, whether it's online or in-store, it's important to deliver the ease and efficiency that they've come to expect. In the unified commerce environment, what are consumers looking for in the shopping experience, whether online or in-store? I think in 2022, I mean, we have to admit that we are, call it post-pandemic, for lack of a better phrase. I think shoppers want some space. I think they want the ability to shop how they want to, whether that is interact or not interact and be able to complete their journeys either way. I think a lot of shoppers nowadays are quite environmentally focused. So want to be able to buy in store or, or want to be able to collect in store to reduce kind of carbon footprint or, or bringing kind of emissions into the environment via kind of delivery trucks. So I think, yeah, very environmentally focused, potentially quite concerned in terms of social interaction, given the pandemic, but also, I guess, personalized. I think they want a personalized experience, which will involve having the right payment methods to being able to locate and purchase the products that they want, not be told that something's out of stock, be given a solution rather than a, than a roadblock. With these new journeys in place, consumers have the ability to pick and choose how and where they buy, as well as what causes they want to support. This flexibility is possible with unified commerce. But what exactly is unified commerce? And how does it differ from omnichannel? I believe that unified commerce is essentially one step up from omnichannel. You have the cross-channel journeys already in place, but with unified commerce, so is the data. So it's allowing merchants to, I guess, capture rich customer insights that could influence where they open their next store, identify a prime time for specific product promotions, or even support the launch of a loyalty scheme. The benefits of unified commerce are myriad. Adyen's latest retail report showed that 47% of businesses found unified commerce improves the customer experience. 46% say it benefits increased sales, and 28% say it increases customer loyalty. Milou van der Lans is an account manager at Adyen and an in-store expert. She walks us through an example of how unified commerce data can be used by retailers to reward customers with card-linked loyalty or in other words, tracking a customer's spending through their payment card. So a great example of using unified commerce data through cart-linked loyalty is, for example, when 
customers are paying in store, but you've previously recognized or saved those card details online. If you're letting those systems talk and you're ingesting that card data in store, your store staff can actually automatically recognize the customer at the point of payment via the card that they use. Uh, and these card users are then linked to, let's say, a an individual's loyalty profile or an individual's app profile that you've set up. So at that point, that customer is recognized and you can surface options on the tail, on the payment terminal, uh, where the customer can then choose to, for example, pay with the points that they've collected or maybe redeem rewards. Um, and it's also a great way for merchants, for retailers to recognize that customer, interpret behavior and customize the interaction. So let's say you're a shopping assistant, your store assistant, you're on the floor and you recognize that this is a really often returning customer. You can acknowledge that, you can interpret that, customize your interaction with the shopper, make them feel seen, make them feel special. And you can also customize, let's say, the rewards that you offer through that specific customer, either in person or via the app that you might be using. So whether in-store or online, unified commerce data lets businesses build a better understanding of their customers and reward those who keep coming back. But how does the perception of the brand play in customer loyalty? And how about the impact of customer feedback and reviews? Trustpilot is a third-party review website that allows businesses to collect and display reviews from their customers. Senior Marketing Manager Hannah Mayer explains the recent trends she's seen in brand loyalty. Loyal customers are what keeps businesses going and growing, are they not? Without your loyal fan base, you don't have people that will stick with you through thick and thin. You don't have people to test new ideas with. They are the people that bring you your income month in, month out. They're the most precious commodity that any company could possibly have. Is I like to call them an army of fans. I think for me, one of the things I've really noticed is people are, loyalty is harder to come by. Loyalty is really harder to come by now. And the people that are loyal, they're not necessarily the people that are buying from you over and over again. They're people that maybe like believe in your brand and believe in what you stand for. It's not just the product, it's not just the price. It's actually like what you stand for as a company, what's your integrity. And that's what's keeping people buying because loyalty is emotional right we as companies often think of it as a transaction it's you know it's finance but actually it's it's so much more than that it's an emotional connection to a company those people they're your brand ambassadors they're your best marketing tool they're the people that can sell on your behalf and then also buy from you that's what everyone wants right the importance of loyalty to your brand can't be understated the consumer who keeps coming back is often your bread and butter, and building those long-term relationships is key to sustainable long-term growth. But in our current economic climate, how much do the values of a brand really matter in comparison to the price tag? I think it depends on the type of purchase you're making. So there are some purchases you make that you will research extensively, and there are some purchases that you'll make that you just want the cheapest, easiest, quickest thing, right? What we are seeing at Trustpilot is that brand integrity is mattering more than it's ever mattered before. So you are looking at the product, you are looking at the price, but then you're also looking to see how has everyone else gone with this product or service? What does this company stand for? What's their purpose? What's their goal? What are their eco-credentials? What's their commitment to sustainability? And I think the companies that are going to win in the next two to five years are the companies that have a clear purpose have a clear message and actually do what they say they're going to do. 
that's one of the things I've seen is it's all well and good promising that you're going to be environmentally friendly or that you're going to reduce your carbon emissions or that your packaging is biodegradable. People need proof of that and I think that's something that reviews can play into because if you've bought from that product, you, if you've bought that product, you know that it, you know, what's the ingredients are, you know what packaging it came in. I think it depends on your audience. There are always going to be price sensitive consumers where the price is the most important thing. They're not willing to pay for delivery or they won't buy unless they've got a voucher code. Is that true loyalty? I'm not sure. What most companies I talk to want is they want someone that when they're buying, they're buying with their heart and with their money. Making sure the heart of your brand connects emotionally to your customer through both values and actions is increasingly important. But how much do reviews contribute to a sense of brand loyalty, either for a potential new customer or when engaging with an existing customer? So I think there's a few different ways that reviews can play into customer loyalty. One is that actually asking someone to leave a review is a nice extra touch point if you want to continue the customer journey, which so many brands do. If they've then left a review, as I mentioned earlier, that's an opportunity to have a one-to-one conversation with your customer that you might not otherwise have. It's another way to target your buyers with a more personalised message because you know what they want. And if they're on Trustpilot, you kind of know what platforms they're using too. And then from that, you can then start to build a real like sense of community, which I think is something that most brands would like. Everyone wants to have a an army of fans and reviews is a great way to identify those people because they've taken the time to write about you you know what their feelings are because they've given you a star rating you know what they're interested in because they've written a few words about you you've got their purchase history and then suddenly you've got a group that you could curate in so many different ways to test new ideas with have focus groups with apologize to if you need to get their feedback you know what products would you like to see what would make this even better for you I just can't think of a single business that wouldn't benefit from that. Believing in the values of a brand and what they stand for can look very different across sectors. Nick Popovici is the CEO of Vita Mojo, a technology solutions provider for food and beverage businesses. He has insights into the current challenges with keeping customers loyal. The challenges to keeping customers loyal and attracting them in food and beverage is there's usually a lot of choice. So, you know, customers spoiled for choice in pretty much all areas when it comes to eating and drinking. So the key thing to, to doing it very well is having consistency on one hand, but just ease of use on the other, right? Everyone, no one wants a hassle, right? No matter how that comes. So between Low friction, very easy to interact with a brand. Consistency of products, right, and experience. And sprinkle in a bit of loyalty. I think that's the magic cocktail ingredient for retaining and, and, and loyalizing customers. Right? So loyalty by itself doesn't solve a big problem. I think a lot of people, oh, just throw loyalty and they'll be fine. Loyalty is going to... It really works very well if you already have a consistent business and a, and a frictionless, a good way to interact with a brand. And then loyalty makes a difference. But if you just throw loyalty at it, which is the obvious answer here, it isn't quite... I mean, all the studies that we do don't show that just turning on loyalty makes a difference, but turning it on once you have the basics in place is really powerful. 
Consistency is key when building loyalty in the food and beverage industry. But considering all of the changes that the sector has gone through in recent years, what is the changing face of loyalty programs in this industry and others? Yeah, loyalty is having a big transformation, right? Because most of loyalty, as we thought of it, was a business card stamped in your wallet, and you know you get, you know, you buy six meals, you get a seventh, the seventh one you get a free drink, and the ninth one you get a free dessert, and the twelfth one you get a free meal. That's kind of a you know old school kind of analog offline loyalty. Now online, the power of loyalty comes when it's really embedded in the online journey. So as you go through the ordering experience and you order food, you end up saying, hey, by the way, if you were to buy this one this time, now you get this free on this journey, right? So you end up having loyalty inbuilt in the experience that allows you to have part of it is instant verification, but B, it's, it's really informing people what the choice that they make today, how that could benefit them. So before loyalty was an afterthought of the purchase. So you purchase this, here's a stamp, but then come back later. New loyalty is really about being embedded into the ordering experience and really tweaking and influencing behavior live as customers are making decisions rather than, oh, next time this will happen. So that's how it's changing and that's what digital brings to the plate, which is ability to do that in the experience. Rather than the classic buy 10 coffees, get one free loyalty schemes of the past, brands are getting better about building their loyalty programs into the whole customer experience and using data to target and personalise those campaigns. But as loyalty programs are changing, what does the future of these programs look like as digital transforms the retail industry? So if I look at some of the ways people have used digital to improve loyalty, The first step was moving from a card-based loyalty to we earn stamps to get something to digital loyalty. Um, That's kind of version one. So in version one, you have an app or loyalty that is digital instead of a paper, and it informs you how you're spending, what it is, what you can get. But the next level, uh, which is really the exciting one, is the loyalty is embedded in the ordering experience as opposed to separate, whether it's digital or paper, it doesn't matter really. And then so now you go to a place and you, as you're ordering, you get prompts for, hey, if you order this, you'll get this for free. Or if you order this, next time you'll get that. But if you order that, this happens. So it's really when you embed loyalty live in the experience and you start communicating with the customer with the impact it has, it really is kind of much more powerful than than just being digital. It's about being personalized, it's about being embedded in the experience, and it's really about driving outcomes. Having live interactions that allow you to embed loyalty into every step of the process allows for greater personalization across all digital and in-person buying experiences. Chris Matthews, Global DTC Channel Director at Brompton Bicycle, believes that loyalty is crucial to the sustainability of a retailer. Customer loyalty for us is very, it's probably very different to what it is for a lot of businesses. You know, we've grown our whole business on 
word of mouth and you know customers just loving our product because it is so good and it gives them you know all of what they want from it in terms of um, ease of use and and to get around cities very easily so we we get that and naturally we find we're fortunately such a good product that we just get loyalty quite easily if that makes sense but we can't get complacent with that which sometimes we can do in terms of oh well we just know our product's great that means everyone will be super loyal and great about it it's not always the case and but historically for us it was about that and we get loyalty is very much community groups for us it's facebook groups it's people getting together with bromptons and riding bromptons together we see that a lot in asia for example and in all in all markets that's loyalty for us at its core and that's how we want to build loyal customers is by having them get together with bromptons not by having them interact with points cards or, or you know or virtually we ultimately want loyalty to come through get on the bike use it get together with the people who like-minded who like to use it and that's how we want to grow loyalty for us word of mouth is still a powerful tool when it comes to building customer loyalty but with something like a bike what does customer loyalty even mean considering it isn't like food and beverage where you could be coming back every week it's not about oh, you need to go and buy another, as you say, you know, you're not buying a, a Brompton bike every two weeks. We do obviously want to really push um, accessories and obviously bikes do have issues and you need to get parts and, and various other things for it, which we we sell and we want to make sure, you know, customers can can get hold of those properly. And then you've got the element of servicing a Brompton and, and, and you know, and how our physical retail stores can play that role within that. So, of course, we're not after loyalty of getting people to buy from us every two or three weeks. But there's a huge element of, yeah, we've got accessories. We want people to come back and get those. And whether it's in wet weather clothes or it's, you know, for shorts or whatever it might be, or it's, I say it's parts and accessories, it's servicing. There's a whole world of that. But it will ultimately be getting people together. Then the back of that, if people are together and someone sees, oh, wow, this person's got a cooler Brompton I've got, or it's a higher spec Brompton, then, you know, they will go, actually, I want that. And that's what drives the, the returns that we, also, we obviously we also need as well, is the, is the sales coming through. That's what we want to do. We want it to be organic. We don't want it to be forced. We don't want it to feel like we're trying to force somebody on, sign up to this loyalty scheme and you'll get 10 points off your next purchase type of thing or, or, or 10 pounds off your next purchase. It's good. We want to really grow it organically. Organic growth allows Brompton to build bikes that people can ride for years, but also come back for accessories and maintenance more frequently. But how much does Brompton plan on bringing in more tech solutions to continue driving growth for their future? It's our major kind of investment plan for this year is is us working on those tech solutions that we need but it's not just that i mean if you take adding for example it's about how do we extract the data better ourselves because a lot of a lot of the tech companies that we use and i know it's the same across different industries it, a lot of them collect data very well or get in, can give information to you very well it's about you as a business being able to extract that data and use it to make decisions that's where i think a lot of business not just us a lot of businesses struggle it's not easy. There's so much data. There's so much information coming from all different sources. You know, the biggest thing you got to work on is how do you consolidate that, and how do you make it useful for the teams within Brompton or within industry to be able to use that to make better decisions, or to attract new customers, or to understand what they're doing much better. So that's very much what we're doing. We're looking at how we can collect data better and do it better, more you know, more customer friendly. Um, and again, all at the heart of that will be a kind of technical overhaul, basically, is what we're looking to do. Digital transformation will unlock huge opportunities for Brompton, especially when it comes to gathering consumer data to build loyalty. Adyen's latest research found that 70% of consumers say retailers should use tech to make their loyalty or reward schemes easier and more effective. 
Along with the technological overhaul many businesses were compelled to do during the pandemic, we've also seen a shift to more altruistic buying choices, which we've explored a bit already. Helen Dickinson, CEO of the British Retail Consortium, works with brands on corporate social responsibility and has unique insights into its current importance. So anything around corporate and social responsibility is a gigantic topic in well, in many industries at the moment, and retail is is no exception. And the two big topics that we're really homing in on are around net zero, so driving change to achieve net zero more quickly than the government's targets of 2050, uh, so we're targeting 2040, and on diversity and inclusion, where retail, largest private sector employer, three million people who work in the industry, a very diverse employee base, but when you get to more senior levels, uh, you don't see that same level of a diversity. So on both of those, we're really trying to enable the industry to build more momentum, to drive positive change, and they're both very important agendas right across retail and across business more widely. I mean, the interesting thing about the whole agenda is that there isn't, I mean, it's like all complicated business problems, isn't it, that there isn't a a magic bullet and a one-size-fits-all answer. It's going to be many different initiatives across the totality of the whole way that a a business actually works and in many cases the real hard bit is the bit that people are only beginning to start to think about because that takes you right down your supply chain, your suppliers, your suppliers' suppliers, how products are made, the materials that go into them And that is a a much more complicated thing than what you can actually influence directly in your own operations, like the trucks you use to move products around and things like that. Corporate social responsibility isn't easily summed up as single issues that can be applied to industry. Rather, it's a myriad of complicated problems that have equally complicated solutions. So what's the motivation for retailers to embrace corporate social responsibility? I think the, the motivation for any business is about their long-term future. If you really roll forward 10 years, 15, whatever time horizon you want to look at, then in the longer term, you won't necessarily have a business that's going to, to last into the decades ahead. So there is a, there's a, a long-term imperative. And I think that's it's almost a harder one for people to get their head around, perhaps, and the perhaps a more immediate one is thinking about the war for talent that is out there in the market. We know in the UK that we have a labour shortage. Lots of people are trying to recruit people and not being able to find them because we almost have full employment. And this, I think, is one of the differentiators where people want to join businesses that are really thinking about their impact on the environment, their contribution to local communities, the types of practices that they have, because none of us wants to work for a company that isn't thinking about those things, or at least the majority of us don't. So aligning yourself with altruistic values not only helps to build lasting customer loyalty, it can also help you attract and keep talent. But what about on the consumer side? What are motivations for choosing socially responsible brands? And how can we be sure they'll put their money where their mouths are? The problem is at the moment is 40% of 
of people think sustainable choices are too expensive. There is a difference from a consumer point of view between what people say is important and what they actually do when they're making their purchasing decisions. And often it is seen as a a choice between buying something that's like much more expensive and something that is potentially much cheaper but less sustainable. And with an environment where inflation is rising, price is still the overriding factor in terms of the immediacy of decisions people are making. So there is a disconnect between what people want to do and what they're actually doing. And so that puts a big responsibility, I think, onto the retailers to be able to find ways that mean that it isn't a choice between paying more or paying less for something that is or isn't more sustainable, that the retailers can really, if they can work with their suppliers, make changes in their supply chain, if they can really drive some of the change that we've been talking about earlier, then there shouldn't be a price differential. People will be able to make those better choices and not be choosing between something that is more expensive. So that opportunity is really there because I don't think that desire for customers to want that help is going to go away or even going to diminish anytime soon. All the signs are that it's going to continue to be there and become even more important. And therefore, that comes back to businesses, to retailers, to get their act together and to really um, help people make those better choices, but without having to give up anything on price. So consumers who express a desire to shop more sustainably might find themselves priced out due to current economic pressures. But the right choice shouldn't always be the most expensive one, especially if retailers have the knowledge and support to make sustainability mainstream. Of course, CSR is important regardless of customer perception. But it's still worth considering if there's an actual correlation between CSR initiatives and brand loyalty. That is an area of research that's probably only beginning to evolve. Certainly, the direction of travel appears to be that there is that correlation. So the more businesses can be driving positive change and enabling, facilitating their customers to see how they're doing that and the role that the customer can play in helping achieve that drives connectivity, engagement, involvement and loyalty in those businesses that are doing it well. It's those businesses that are incorporating those practices, engaging with their customers, because some of it is about customer behaviour. You don't want people to throw things that can be recycled away in the wrong bin. You don't want, you want people to make sure that uh, clothes, for example, can also be recycled. So there's a customer behavior thing that is all part of creating more sustainable business practices. And that engagement, that connectivity with customers drives longer term loyalty. So the research is really beginning to show that that correlation but it is quite hard to work out whether it's a sort of causal effect or just correlated but I I definitely think that one is helping drive the other. So there does seem to be a correlation between CSR and customer loyalty but how much awareness does the present day consumer have of sustainable business practices 
Is this something that the average consumer cares about? If you think of, you know, many of the the programmes that uh, David Attenborough has put out there, you think about the, you know, the focus on plastic, for example, that is just one area where suddenly awareness went right through the roof around what the impact of plastic was having on the oceans around the world, on the, the sea life that depend on them. And then suddenly, suddenly that tipping point gets reached. I think it's the greater awareness and acceptance of, there's not really a debate about whether climate change is happening now. It is happening. And so now it's all about how to address it rather than perhaps a couple of, it's not so long ago when the the conversation was still around the debate about whether it is or isn't happening as opposed to a conversation about what it is that we're going to do to respond. A lot of these things can't be achieved individually. They require businesses to work with each other much more perhaps than they have done in the past. And they require some underpins, some infrastructure that government needs to also put in place. And that is also an area where we are working with them to try and make sure that, for example, the the infrastructure around charging points for electric vehicles is geared up more quickly so that the retailers can really drive that change. So it, it's the interplay between learning from each other, working with other businesses and trying to influence government to make sure that the environment is right for that change to be, to be driven. Businesses and governments are going to need to work together to drive positive change. And as Helen says, none of these goals can be achieved individually. Customers shouldn't need to make a choice between price and sustainability. In our current economic climate, how much are consumers considering corporate social responsibility in their buying choices? That's very important to me, yeah. Mm. Like reducing plastic and stuff with packaging, that's very important, yeah. It would determine if I like went elsewhere. Mm. For me personally, it doesn't have a big impact. I prefer that they, you know, focus on what they produce and uh, Okay, it should be better if they are, you know, environmental friendly, but that's not the main thing I look for. I wouldn't buy anything that wasn't uh, vegan or, well, not vegan particularly, but I, I expect them to be of a certain standard with animal cruelty, really. I wouldn't buy anything, would I? As we look to the future, loyalty programmes and more sustainable choices in shopping are sure to be topics that continue to dominate the minds of consumers and retailers. However, the bottom line is inevitably going to be a motivator, as many will look to save cash wherever possible right now. Unified commerce and digitisation have dramatically changed the way that loyalty programmes are offered and tracked in modern retail environments. Consumers' expectations have changed as social and societal shifts during the pandemic led many to consider making more ethical buying choices. While loyalty is certainly a key factor in retail's recovery and future, It's just one of many factors we'll be exploring in this season. So join us next episode as we explore the future of brick and mortar stores. Magic moments are so important. They really do create the talkability and the excitement around what good old-fashioned retail can be. I'll always be an advocate for online. I believed in it from the very start. But I feel that there's a beautiful partnership for both online and in-store and beyond together. That's next time on Beyond Retail. You've been listening to Beyond Retail, 
I'm your host, Marie Keyworth. If you want to find out more about the topics discussed on today's episode, visit adyen.com or follow the link in the show notes. A big thank you to our contributors, Ellie, Milou, Hannah Meyer, Nick Popovici, Chris Matthews, and Helen Dickinson. And join us next time as we discuss all things brick and mortar stores and find out what it means to create those magic moments that keep customers coming back. Until next time. <laughs>